0: Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here, at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Osvaldo Cardona, and I'm joined by Link Keller.
1: Hello, friends.
0: Friend, friend, oh, it's it's just hear and me, you tr- know, it's and for the, the listeners. listeners, and the listeners. Yep, just you and me today. Um, when we, you know, every every week, we try to practice what we preach here at Geek Therapy. So we we try to look at examples uh, in media that we can. Dissect and see how we can connect them to basically overanalyze the hell out of them and uh, pick them apart. Mm, it's delicious. It's so delicious. good.
1: Delicious. Yep. Yum, yum.
0: <laughs> so uh, it was your turn to choose um, our our subject this week, and we're going to talk about the 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 film Wendell and Wild on Netflix. Yes. Which I described to someone earlier as Key and Peele. Spooky demon stuff, stop motion.
1: Mm-hmm. That's basically it. We did it. Good job. S- Go us.
0: Sold, right? If 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 you like that, I mean, that's all I needed to know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about Wendell and Wild.
1: Wendell and Wild is a stop motion animation horror comedy. Um, it is directed by Henry Selick, who you may know from uh, Coraline, Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um,
0: so I guess he's the only one that does He's
1: <laughs> he's the big guy. Yeah. Um, and and then written in part by him and Jordan Peele. Um, I watched uh, a couple of behind the scenes stuff earlier today in preparation. And um, what I did not know is that this has been a project since like 2015. Um, this has been in the works for a long time. Uh, Jordan Peele started working on this before Get Out came out um, which is honestly crazy for me to think about because I feel like it fits in with his works mm-hmm. uh, really well. Um But yeah, it is a story about uh, a young girl, Kat, who has dealt with some pretty heavy stuff. And she has personal demons named (laughs) Wendell and Wilde, played by or voiced by Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key. And um, it is a really sweet story. And the animation is gorgeous. Uh, i had a really fun time watching it and i've watched it um a lot because the child i care for really likes it and so we have watched it many times
0: (laughs) i have a question you said it was in the works in 2015. Does that mean like it was in pre-production in 2015 or have they been...
1: I think this was like an idea that um, Henry had, that this is something that he wanted to do. And um, he said that he had been a huge fan of uh, Key and Peele, like their comedy show. And he was basically like, I would like to work with them on this and sort of sent out the feelers. And it's like, it turns out like they have... Like totally meshing ideas about storytelling and characterization and what is funny and what is scary. And so uh a good match. They came together and they created this beautiful work of art that we get to enjoy now, like seven years later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it takes so long, right? To to do stop motion.
1: Yeah. I think it takes Yes it does. Right. It takes
0: like you do like a second a day or something, depending on Right. It's a lot. It can be because you need to reposition everything and move them. And
1: And they did some like really technically impressive shots, like Mm -hmm. doing stop motion in of itself is is very intensive. But having the characters moving and also having the camera moving and having background pieces moving and, um, you know, all that stuff is it it takes it takes a long time. You know, you spend a really long time doing character design because that's the heart of an animation. Um, and so, yeah.
0: Yeah. I I saw how things were rigged up. I'd never seen a stop motion done that way. Yeah. Right. Because it it had like all these cranes and stuff and moving things around. And I was like, Oh, that's, and they're pretty big too. Yeah. There was one shot I remember towards the end where I think it's Raul is, is looking at the, like at a car that's driving away. Like the camera moves behind him and then like it, it focuses away from him, but he's still there. And then you see the, I was like, they just moved all that stuff. Like, like they moved three different things simultaneously in, 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 you know, in, in micrometers <laughs> over and over and over again and kept taking pictures until, yeah, yeah. no, it was, it's, it's visually really impressive. It looks really cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. So cool other than it being uh, beautiful. What do you wanna talk about?
1: (laughs) Well, let's get into some spoilers. Uh, So for our listeners, if you have not seen this movie, um, you can keep listening, that's fine, I don't mind. Um, But if you wanna watch it, you should, it's really good. Yes. Um, Basically, it opens with Kat and her parents and they're in this town and her parents are, are doing a special event to try and raise money for the town and to promote growth and, and all of this stuff and um, it's very sweet and they clearly care about the, the people that they are around um, and then a terrible accident happens and both of her parents die in a car crash and she gets shipped off to foster care functionally um, and she becomes a little delinquent uh, and gets in trouble and all of this stuff. And several years later ends up going back to this town, uh, to the c- Catholic Girls School, um, which is doing a new program called Break the Cycle, where they are taking in delinquent children to give them a second chance to succeed. Um, and she's part of that program. But this town that she's returning to is is destroyed her parents brewery uh has been burned down and it was like bad um which she didn't know about and basically everybody's moved away and it's just this school and then uh a corporation that is trying to open a for-profit prison and um
0: explicitly i think i I want Yes. It's not like an. It's not like a metaphor for a prison. It's not like you know we're 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 trying to you know it's kind of a stretch. No, it's it's an actual prison, and they lay out their business model, which Wh- is which is not- <laughs> which is to
1: get money for uh, quote quote marks uh, help children, um, but to set them up for failure so that then they go to the prison and they have funds from they make money off of prisoners. Um, And there's zero
0: rehabilitation and low quality uh, food, housing, and et cetera.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is is the darkest version. I mean, prison in general is pretty fucking dark already, but like they lean into it as like, this is, we're here to do evil and it's fun. uh, And we're gonna get filthy, filthy rich off of it. Yay.
0: You don't know what the school to prison pipeline is. Let's lay it out for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> step one. <laughs>
1: step one. Um, yeah. Destroy a town. Uh, yep. Step two. <laughs> fuck them kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it. Kat. Uh, is a hell maiden. Which what? is. She has a connection to demons. And. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, her two demons are Wendell and Wilde, and she summons them because they lie to her and say, we will resurrect your parents if you summon us. Um, they want to escape the hell realm that they're in so that they can build their own amusement park because they don't like their dad's amusement park. Um.
0: There's more <laughs> metaphors here on, the, on this side of it. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. Um, But uh, they have a magic cream that resurrects people for a short period of time. They call themselves uh, mortician magicians because they do, like, the makeup to make them look less obviously dead. Mm -hmm. It's very funny. Um, But they they have some adventures, basically, uh, and she gets a moment to be reunited with her her parents, which I think is really touching, um especially when we get to the end and she realizes like they're they're gonna they're gonna die again, and she has to say goodbye to them um but not before they save the town. um but yeah, I think I think talking about the the family trauma and the way that the loss of her parents affected not just her. Material existence of like where she was living and who she was growing up around but like literally how she saw herself and how she saw the world and I think that's really important to touch on that when terrible trauma happens to little kids like the only way they can really conceptualize it is through their own personal lens and so she feels very much that it was her fault that her parents died and she could have saved them and failed to do so and she carries all this guilt about it. Um, and really lashes out at other people. And she specifically tells uh, Raul, who, yay, trans character representation. I love Raul. He's so cute. Um, she tells him when she meets him, "Is like, oh, I don't have friends because people who get close to me, bad things happen to them. And Raul's like, what do you mean bad things? And she's like, they die. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's really isolated herself from everything because of this traumatic event that happened to her. Um, And a lot of the adventures that they go through is her reconnecting with people. Um, There are uh, the other girls in the school. Um, And I, and I love that they, they were so clearly set up to be, the mean girls like you have your your protagonist goes to a new school and meets the clique of mean girls who then bully her no these are actually very sweet girls they want to include her they give her a nickname which she hates uh, and it takes them a while to sort of come around on like oh I should respect that you don't want that nickname Um, but they do and I think it's really sweet that they sort of twisted that stereotype of the mean girls clique is like no, they're actually really sweet, and they care about their classmates, and they cl- care about the town, and and they care about Kat. Even though they just met her, they're like, "We want you to do well and fit in, and and be a part of what what we're doing." Um, I she think calls them really the poodles, <laughs> prize poodles.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, uh, right. It's like they're so nice and welcoming, but she is she's not ready for that. Like she's not opening up to anybody. So it's not like she was, it was even in many situations you're, you find yourself unable to even find someone right. Who's going to be nice to you and kind and and open to you and, and they were, but not yet. It's not going to happen. I don't want that.
1: that, That's repeated again when she meets, um, sister Heller. Mm-hmm. Um, who is also a hell maiden and is basically like, hey, I know that this demon thing is happening to you, but like, don't talk to anybody about it. And it's like offering this connection with an adult. Um, and she's not ready for that. And she basically lashes out as like, you're just doing this for your job. Like, I can't, I'm not yeah. ready. I'm not ready to connect with people in that way. I can't trust anybody. Um, yeah. And also I think to a certain extent, she feels that she doesn't deserve those kinds of connections with people um yeah. and so it takes her uh, a few scary events happening before she's finally like oh like no you're actually helping me and I, I can rely on you to be there um
0: yeah yeah so her story is not explicit in the film um parts of it so i just want to recap right and, and go a little deeper into some of the things so she like she screams in the car and so her parents right like swerve off of the road and fall into the water. And so like she's the only one who survives. So obviously she feels really guilty about that. And then
1: Survivor's guilt.
0: Survivor's guilt for a nine
1: year old. No, seven year old.
0: Eight,
1: eight. Thirteen.
0: Well she's five, thirteen now.
1: Eight. Yes. Eight, she right? was eight She was eight. <laughs> yeah, she it's was like, eight when that happened. Gotta do a little math. <laughs> yes. Eight eight year old survivor's guilt. Uh, heavy yeah. stuff.
0: Yeah. But then she goes to what seems like a new school or or a foster care, right? like I'm not sure what it is. If it's if it's a like a center or if it's just a school that we see and they're bullying her and then she defends herself and somebody gets hurt. And that's how she ends up in juvenile detention. Mm-hmm. And then and then from there, right so so first of all like she's being bullied right? She's, she's, she's got this trauma, apparently very little support. And then she stands up for herself. She defends herself. And once again, somebody gets hurt. I, I, it doesn't say it explicitly, but maybe that kid died cause he fell down the stairs and she keeps saying like people around me die. Again, yeah. It's not it's said. It's
1: not explicit, but I absolutely she ended up see see that, that reading of being like yeah. the line of like people around me die is like yeah. that, that feels, Pretty pointed,
0: yeah. Um, Regardless, like even if the kid got hurt, like to send, to go to jail feels again. I mean, <laughs> it happens <laughs> for less, but um, so she's in jail, and then right, she's in this program where again she's just being. Why should she trust them? Like she knows that they're getting paid to take her in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so because that's that's what the program is—the break the cycle program. So it's a, it's a it's a pretty bad situation overall and you know hard to trust all of your like who stood up for her you know when people were bullying her like did anybody defend her you know it was we don't know right like all that stuff is kind of just um implied and and that's the way i read it and and so that stuff builds up right so then we we get to that point where it's the was it the redemption room is that what it's called
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I think so, right? The redemption room. So it's when she goes through the redemption redemption room, right? At this point, she's got like this, like her own, they don't call it a demon. It's like this monster inside of her that is controlling her, right? That is is driving her actions. Mm -hmm. And only in this redemption room is she able to see that monster. And this part is amazing because... When she goes into the room, supported by an adult, by the way, mm-hmm. right like sister Hella actually is supportive here, helps her out because like she can't do this emotionally,
1: alone. but also like physically, they mm-hmm. tie their hands together. yeah, it's very symbolic,
0: yeah. And so when she's there, she sees this monster that is driving her behavior and it is composed of all of these different pieces of her of her trauma. right So it's like the car with her with her parents in it is like the main body of it. The top is like the music and the and the things that she does to kind of protect herself and create a barrier between herself and other people. There's like these shackles and all this stuff, right? And this, and this, and she has to, this is very much, you know, shadow integration. This is, you know, becoming aware of your unconscious. This is she didn't even realize that these were the things that this is where it came from. And Sister Mm -hmm. Helen is like, it's your memories, right? Your memories are here. You need to, you need to, you need to realize why why you feel the way you feel and why you're acting the way you're acting. Like it it's influenced by all these things that happened before. And she's able to, first of all, battle it and then go and embrace it, right? And she's like, and I mean, then she's like internalizing all the moment. pieces. Yeah, and when right? she like it's breaks the, through the wall, she sees like, it's a baby, right? It's like a little tiny, it's like a kid, right? And she and she reaches out to 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 help it. And then the monster, what's left of the monster, right? Comes to her. And then she hugs it and it like, then it becomes a part of her integration. So good, so, so, so so, so good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, beautiful, beautiful part. Um, Fantastic, yeah. Visually and emotionally, like.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The, the, you know, the idea of a a 13 year old girl who's been through all of this trauma and really coming to like, understand how this stuff shaped her and, like seeing that so much of her actions were out of fear and being able to just like, you, it's a little girl, it's a scared little girl. And she, yeah. what she needs is to be embraced. And it's like, oh, uh, oh, my
0: heart. Five uh. years of therapy in, in like three minutes. It was fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> that that i mean that was great right and then oh and then i love that uh, apparently hell maidens in this world once they're able to overcome that monster inside of them they they um manifest a power so sister hellers is that she can like move she can like uh, disintegrate and move like a like a cloud right along the floor and she's like she can travel very very quickly um and then and so when when cat gets her powers that she can see the future which is really cool so it's like hey good job you beat the boss here's your prize you get, <laughs> you your get a new power up. yep <laughs> you've leveled up yep and then and then of course she relies on her friends and she's able to save the town and want to see her parents and also and oh, and oh of course yeah she also gets to see her parents before the integration piece where they tell her like it wasn't your fault It was an accident. Like, I'm so sorry, but it's not, you know, like like, it wasn't your fault. And I'm sorry that you feel that way Yeah. because it's, it wasn't you, you were a kid. Can't blame yourself. And, but it wasn't until later that she, she was, but I think that she needed that piece of confirmation as well to be able to do that later.
1: And just to, you know, see them and, and hug them. I think like that's the first time we really see her be physical with any other character in a way mm-hmm. that is like reciprocated where she's like yeah. clearly n- like not super uncomfortable like when she first meets the the girls and they, you know, get up close to her and she's clearly like, "Oh, please do not touch me." And this is like this moment of like reconnection. It's yeah. really important.
0: Yeah. I think I think similarly the well, we we know that sister heller kind of went through a similar experience where she and she became a hell and basically people took advantage of her which is kind of what happened to kat right like this monster that manifested it it only happened because wendell and wild tried to manipulate her mm-hmm. and um and so we know that sister heller went through that when she was a kid marlon brando uh took advantage of her when since she was a, a kid <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um because yeah because he wanted to catch demons and and again it's like she's on the other side of it now right she's like i didn't realize that i was that i was being manipulated you know and and i i didn't like that i don't do that anymore just so we're clear uh that that that's and, and
1: wants to protect cat from that also yep. which is why she's yep. like don't tell anybody um yep. yeah yeah very much so yeah i I liked that when we get towards the ends and we find out that uh, the the priest who runs the school has been doing shady stuff, but for the purpose of making the school work and being able to help these like he he cares, uh, and so he's like willing to do shady stuff to meet. You know, get that goal. And Wendell and Wild, just they want they want to design their dream park. They want <laughs> they want that to exist. And so they the same thing. It's like they are doing shady stuff to try and get to this goal. And all of them sort of having the realization is like the the means are not justifying the ends here. You guys, like we got to make a change. And then they all team up uh, to yeah. battle Clax Clax the the uh, prison group uh, i thought that that was an important moment in that it's like it would be so easy to just completely villainize these other characters as well and it's like no like they had in they had good intentions or at least better (laughs) intentions um but it's like your actions don't exist in a vacuum and the things that you are doing are affecting people um and oftentimes people closest to you, the people you care about, and so I think that that was really important that they had that moment.
0: Yeah, and the, you're right. Father Best was like his arc was pretty straightforward from the very beginning. He he was he was also welcoming and compassionate with Cat. I mm-hmm. was like, oh, are you gonna kick me out now? He's like, no, you just got here. He's like, like you almost died <laughs> right now because I refused to take your hand. He's like, ah, you know, it's fine. <laughs> and sure accidents like, happen he, he, yeah exactly <laughs> but like sure he he wants the money but like that's not you know he's just playing the game you know that doesn't make him a a, a bad guy uh questionable methods later yeah, on. yeah i mean it's but, it's
1: know. very much set up is that that yeah. is that is the, the means available yeah. to him is in this town it's it's the yeah. school and clack Klax, and it's like yeah. he's like if i want this school to work i need to figure out how to work with them <laughs>
0: I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna save um, part of that interaction between um, the father, uh, father Best and the Claxons for 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that onto that one because circle I, back. Yeah, yeah, we'll circle back um, because there's something important about um, the dynamics that we see there in a larger context. But first, I want to go a little deeper into Wendell and Wild because they. They're basically um uh stifled by their father, like 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 limited by their father, and their father runs this amusement park for damn souls. <laughs> and they're like, This part this this park sucks. And he doesn't listen to any of our ideas, and we would like to to be a part of it, but dad doesn't let us do this, and he just gives us stupid chores, and oh, we have an opportunity to leave, so let's get out of here so that we can live our dream of creating our own amusement park. That is the premise of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the catalyst for everything happening is these two characters um, wanting to, uh um, Have the Have uh,
1: an artistic right. endeavor and create something without In, being confined by their father's expectations of them.
0: Yeah, this is a a like a,
1: daddy problems. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't think of the word um like it's like a revolt, right? Like like the kids are revolting against the parent and 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 that's it. They're just like again, they're also like they're not they're not bad. They were also manipulated and put into a bad situation. They like Cat and they want to help Cat and then they're screwed over by multiple people. Um and and I like that like they're also in a bad spot. I mean, they're demons, you know? So some things are easier for them <laughs> to do uh, than than for some of the other characters. I do but- love
1: when they're <laughs> first talking with Kat. She's like, I only want my parents back. <laughs> and they're like, hold on, hold on. Can we, can we raise people from the dead? No, but we can lie. <laughs> that made me laugh really
0: hard. I <laughs> know. Uh, but then once they realize they can do it, they're like, "Oh, let's do it!" Like yeah, we want total, to help. They're her. totally
1: on board. Like, yeah, she's gonna yeah. summon us to the mortal plane, and and we'll raise her parents. That seems like a totally easy trade. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, yep. And
1: it's not until Father Best and and the Claxons Klax- get involved that they're all like, "Oh no!" Like, if we if we want our dream to be realized, we can't do the thing that Cat wants us to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah,
0: I I like when they came out to like, Hey, we just, we just, um, let's test it on someone. You're alive now pay us. He's like, what? Isn't that how money, like, they don't know how money works, right? Like they're also children in this sense. they like, we just want to build a park and we need money to do it. So we'll do something and you have to pay us. Right. That's, that's, that's the way this works. Um, so I like their story. I like that. I like that. You know, the, the parent at the end is like, ah, you know. All my kids grow up and they they leave and they never come back and I just.
1: His, Belzar is the the father demon. yeah Um, And his realization is like, oh, like the way that I treat my children is why they leave and I don't have a relationship with them anymore. And I actually don't like that, which upon reflection means that I need to change. It's like, oh, oh, wowie.
0: (laughs) I know. And then he gets all his kids back and he's like, help me design a new park. Right? Like we need a new one. I guess, you know, I've been stupid. Maybe I should listen to my kids, include them in the, the family business. They literally do nothing else, but just, <laughs> but that, so it should be, should be pretty easy. So that was, that was a nice uh, resolution there as well. Um, so I'm, I'm ready to circle back to the to Let's the classes. If you have, Let's do it. okay, so I was thinking about the. I said, you know, the priest is playing the game. Right. And you said like, that's all there is. There's a school and the Claxons. So what are you going to do? So I want to have a conversation about the way that race is represented in the movie. And one of the most telling things to me is how father best, who is, uh, portrayed as Asian, I would say, right. In the, uh, in terms of like his physical appearance, um, and voiced by an Asian actor, uh, but he's playing golf with the claxons, mm-hmm. which to me is like the. <laughs> I once called it the whitest sport in the world at a tags <laughs> event, which is recorded. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, remi- it reminds me of an episode of This Is Us, where um, I, This Is Us is about a family um, who adopts a a child um, on the same day that they have twins. <laughs> Who is um, and so, but but the family's white and and this one child, uh, Randall, is black. And then there's an episode later on where he's like running for for office and he's trying to get support from another politician. And he goes and he's like, well, I guess I, I got to go play golf, and right and he like he doesn't play well because you know it's not something. Yes, and spent you know, he, his
1: whole youth doing that.
0: Right, but then at the end of the episode it you show how it shows how, you know, like because he wasn't that great and he was willing to be able to learn, the other congressman like felt, I don't know, like, oh like maybe I can help this person out. You know? He's willing to come here and to learn. And then the politician leaves and you see that Randall is actually amazing at oh. golf. His <gasps> father had taught him because his father told him if you want to get by in this world, Ooh. you want to you want to connect with white people. You what need to learn reveal. how to play the sport. Yeah, he pool them. <laughs> I know, I know. But it was like, how do you how do you control that situation where like that's uh, the whitest thing you can possibly be a part of? Let's um, how do you play that game to your advantage? Sometimes you want to play well. Sometimes you want to not play well. You know, so you can put people maybe more at ease, etc. And so I thought I thought it was interesting that when. When Father Bess is going to the Claxons to try to get this this money, right? It is just like we're gonna do it over golf, of course, and they Gosh. kill him with the golf club, right?
1: <laughs> that they do,
0: yeah, but I was thinking about, um have you seen the interview with with Jordan Peel where someone asks him about like why there aren't more white characters in his in his movies? Uh, have you seen this? I don't think so. So his reaction was like, I think, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly what he says, but his response was.
1: I'm not making you, it for white people.
0: <laughs> well, partially, but also like you can go watch all the other movies that star white people. I purposefully am like, am, am uh, casting this movie with people of color. And yes, explicitly, it's the white people who are the bad guys. This movie, that's like, that's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not a coincidence, you know? It's like, that doesn't happen very often. So that's the movie that I want to make, that I'm allowed to make, and I'm going to make, and I made. And people liked it. Right? People so, loved it. Yeah, I love so, it. <laughs> so he wasn't, right, so this movie wasn't directed. I guess you said Jordan Peele was, um, he co-wrote the movie? Mm-hmm. And, and so I kept thinking about that. I was like, oh, like, you don't see a white character for a while into the movie. And I thought that that was really interesting. and and it feels very intentional as well. Any thoughts on the on the cultural representation of the film? I
1: think it's incredibly important for representation. I think it's also like visually valuable to have that in in animation. Um, mm-hmm. But one one of the interviews I watched earlier today, um, Jordan Peele was talking about Kat's design, and he's like, "I am in love with Kat's design with her her afro, uh, dyed green, her her bubble,
0: yeah, the pom pom things, afro, afro puffs, I about those. Oh, afro um, puffs, yeah,
1: and and the the eyebrow piercings." And he he explicitly says he's like, "If I had seen this." As a child it would have changed my whole life yeah and I think that that is so important that we get to hear that from creators is like people are making the things that they that they need that they need to see in the world and it is so important um, for the young people who get to grow up with this as being the norm, but also for the people who didn't grow up with it as being the norm and getting to see it become realized and exist and be well-received and seeing people fall in love with it is so important. And so I thought that that was a really touching moment that Jordan talked about.
0: And her, her appearance is also, it's like, yes, she's black, but she's also punk, which is like oh hell uh, yeah, rev- right? Which is which is rev- uh, like a revolution aesthetic, right? It's like I'm I'm standing up against against power, like I'm I'm standing out. And that's, she gets she that's gets really her
1: cool. Catholic schoolgirl outfit, and the first thing she does is she cuts it up and yep. fills it with safety <laughs> pins, yeah. and oh, it's so good. Those
0: boots and everything, yeah, Ooh, yeah, the yeah. boots. <laughs>
1: When, when <laughs> Wilds takes it. Why'd you Why'd do that? Why'd you do that? He's like, I wanted to be a little taller. And she's like, not the they, boots. <laughs> they
0: were my size. <laughs> they
1: were my size. Oh, loved that. Very funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I think I think Jordan has been, Jordan Peele has been very consistent about being like, this stuff needs to exist. Yeah. And you can tell by how well received it is by fans. Yeah. people all over the world saying like, I needed to see this. Um, um, I needed to see myself reflected in the media that I enjoy. I needed to see myself in this kind of story that I can relate to. Um, It's really important.
0: Like the, the city council, it seemed like, again, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but it seemed like it was two older black women, two Hispanic people, one East Asian person, they were the city council. But then when all the zombies came in,
1: the all the old seemed... guard. <laughs> they're, they're just like skeletal, but then you see their portraits on the wall when they go and they oh, stand they them. They were all like, people, they're right? all old white people. They're all old white people.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Interesting. It was, it I wonder if subtle. this is social commentary.
0: Feels kind of social commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's 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 good to see it, right? Where it's explicit and it's not ambiguous in any way. It's like, oh, the old guard is back. Oh no, of course they came back from the dead to screw us over, <laughs> to outvote us. That seems and,
1: familiar. Um, I th- I think it's also really important. is like they they raise these the old guard, um, and like it it does not benefit them in any way to participate in this thing but they do it because the rich white people ask them to
0: also it's, it, it goes with it's like, Oh, there's no way we can win. So how can we rig the system? How mm-hmm. can we break mm-hmm. the rules? Mm-hmm. Because if we follow the regular rules, we can't win. Like we're they're dead and we're, nobody's going to vote for us. But what if, what if, hear me out. What if we raise the dead, <laughs> right? Like you're basically a member of the council for life. So if we bring them back just to vote for it's us. It's a
1: real, uh, there's no rules against dogs playing basketball, uh, moment. <laughs> like, they can come back and vote. Um,
0: no, but it's, and everybody's it's like, just
1: like, yeah, no, I guess so.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, uh, what is it? It's like interdimensional gerrymandering. It's like, well, no, we're going to redraw the lines and it's going to include these dead people over here and now they can vote.
1: <laughs> if you count the corpses um there are more white people here so more white corpses Yeah. <laughs> like, oh,
0: yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh that does not sound too far from like i wouldn't be surprised to see that one day where it's like well you know now we're counting historical um you know it's like we <laughs> we know how they would have voted you know, and so we're respecting their wishes. You know, you know it, you know, mm. Mm. I have thoughts about this. now. I mean,
1: honestly, given the election that we AI just voting. had, we just had, oh. and it's like why wow, all of these places voted way more blue than expected. And it's like, I don't know if you recall, but um, we're living in plague times and a bunch of people died. And a lot of those people would have voted red, and they can't vote anymore because they died. And it's like, oh, if they, you know, what? If this movie had come out two years ago, we might, we might have dead votes happening. (laughs) (laughs) They would have been like, wait a second, this is a great idea. Oh god. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah. No, this movie touched a lot of of things in one film, and did them very well. Yeah, also a very fun movie.
1: Also very fun. I do, I do want to touch on uh, one of the big yeah. moments, shift moments, is um, when Raúl's art project is revealed, mm-hmm. and it is this really cool, like huge painting that is done on the roofs of all of the houses in the town. And it is uh, a picture of uh, a parents holding their child and fighting uh, a dragon. And it's like very symbolic and it really resonates with literally everybody. Um, and I think that that, you know, circles back to what we've been talking about is like this movie, like this is art. Art changes things. Art affects people. Um, yeah. It changes the way that we think about who we are and and how we fit into the world and how we relate to other people. And that's some, that's uh, some geek therapy stuff right there. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm, mm. Yum, yum, yum. So good. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was really good.
1: Raul is a, a true hero.
0: Seriously. And so was his mom, right? Like his mom was trying to save the town. Yeah, his, his mom is too-
1: uh, yeah. a, a paralegal, but she's also like the head leader of the board. Um, yep. And so it's like she's trying to save the town and, and he's doing what he can, which is make art and and exist authentically. I do love that we have a moment where his mom is explicitly supporting him, is like, no, I have yeah. a son. Yeah. Um and it's yep. like, mm, yummy.
0: <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. <sighs> it didn't have to be a whole thing. It's just it's just an affirming moment says a lot also the
1: framing of that scene is we don't hear the person on the other side of the phone so we don't have to hear the transphobia we just hear this support of like no i support my trans kid i love my trans kid um which i think is a a really important choice to make in media is to like include the support without highlighting the attack and transphobia yeah. and gross stuff is like no you can we can insinuate it people will get it it's fine but we're we're gonna be explicit about the like this kid is loved and supported
0: i, I liked when when raul showed cat the photo of when he was basically one of the poodles and yeah she just looked at it i was like oh like You were one of like you were with them or you were friends with them or you were one of them and something like that. And that was it. And it reminds me of how, like if you, if kids know from the beginning and they meet people who are different from them, it's not that big of a deal. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. Nobody's freaking out. You know, like, again, I mean, I don't know how many of these videos and things that I've seen are true, but i'm sure some of them are or you know kids like hey yeah like i got something to tell you like you know like your mom is gay or something they're like okay cool can i keep playing video games yeah <laughs> you know it's like I oh mean, yeah no for, for trans kids, kids at school. yeah like cool.
1: especially for young children it's like literally anything that happens they don't have frame of reference so it's like whatever's happening they're like yeah. this is normal and so it's yep. like if you yep. treat that stuff as normal which it is is yep. like that's how they grow up that's the assumption that the, their worldview is built upon it's like yep. these people exist and it's fine and normal and not really something like why why are we bringing it up i don't like can we play more video games
0: <laughs> yep yep you're wasting my time it does, this is not as important as you think it is to me. <laughs> yeah. Which again is good is it, to the, to the Jordan Peele point from before, right? Like seeing it in media is huge as well. Yeah. yeah. So the best way to understand each other and ourselves. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Through the media that matters.
0: Ooh, it's good stuff. Oh, yeah. This is good. This is really good. I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Yeah. Me too
0: is the music original i think the music in it
1: there is some original scoring but they they use some needle drops of actual like punk rock music which i felt was utilized very well like they really nailed when you know she comes in with the the cyclops yeah. her her dad's old boom box with the <laughs> eyeball so cool. painted on it. i'm I like Fuck, I, I want know. that yes um I know. yeah very very well crafted because uh, there, there were two songs
0: yeah there were two songs that had lyrics and one of them was so specific to like raising the dead with cream or something like that i, think, and I figured yeah I think, this is <laughs> this must be original <laughs> yeah i
1: think that was one, they wrote for the movie um
0: <laughs> hair cream for resurrecting people yeah <laughs> also this cast this what an amazing cast mm-hmm. like it's oh, it's so good yeah it's good stuff Really
1: good it's really good <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. which All is right, great because I mean, any- I'll
1: probably mm-hmm. be watching it another 30 or 40 more times <laughs> <laughs> this year <laughs> uh, I'm glad
0: you appreciated the, Marlo- the Marlon Brando uh, joke it was actually I forgot his name it's
1: actually very funny <laughs> when I watched it the first time um, <laughs> with my friends and one of them goes, Is that Marlon Brando? I'm like, Marlon Brando's dead. And they're like, No, no, mm-hmm. no, like his face. And I was like, Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, They didn't get him to voice act. He's dead. Oh. Um, but maybe yeah. they did. Maybe they had some magic hair cream. Oh, no. Oh. It's, it's another guy. But um, yeah, I do like that character's design. Um, he's a, a wheelchair user, and I love that he has feet. fake feet on the <laughs> pedals. It, that made me laugh every time they were on screen. I thought that was so great. He-
0: did he, did he throw them? He did. Uh, did he, he throw did. one of his feet he at Heller once? Right. He did. <laughs> oh, at Angela Bassett. How dare you? You can't, you can't do that. Punched him out. Yeah.
1: She's going to get you.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Thing rains. Oh, it's so good. It's not <laughs> so good. All right. Closing thoughts on the, on the movie.
1: I love this movie. I think it is going to be a staple for years to come. Um, I love stop motion animation. I think it's beautiful. And um, the emotional impact of this movie is still reverberating through my heart. (laughs) And I hope that uh, our listeners uh, hopefully have already seen it and enjoyed it and are gushing along with us. But if not, I hope that this podcast encourages them to check it out because it is worth your time.
0: Yes. And a lot of fun and to recap we've got um feeling we've got we've got we got trauma we've got feeling alone we've got um guilt we got guilt
1: we got the we got, school to prison pipeline <laughs>
0: parents just don't understand we got the importance of golf <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, it touches a, a lot of um, subjects that I think I think would be would work really well um, as conversation starters. And there's a lot of really good moments. And my favorite was definitely that part where she discovers this 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 monster um, and what it's composed of, and really helps her understand she why defeats she feels it, the way she feels, and then she mm-hmm. accepts it. Yep. And it's like yep, mm, yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, amazing scene. Yep. Well, we'd love to hear what you think. Um, about this movie so let us know in one of our community spaces which you can find the links in the show notes and for more geek therapy you can visit geektherapy.org remember to geek out and do good and we'll be back next week
1: Mm, bye
0: geek therapy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place through geek culture to learn more about our mission and become a supporter visit geektherapy.org